I heard they want the news. Well, we got it just for you. What's your team? Who your player? Who your crew? I heard they want the news. The spotlight is on you. And if you win the hot seat, it's time to. I heard they want the news. Come tune in to the crew. But we got the hooker just like black and blue. I heard they want the news. Spotlight sports, what it do? Hit subscribe and that like button too. Live from Las Vegas, the Snake Sports Talk Show with Jake Silva starts right now. Oh my goodness gracious, to all of my fans, listeners, and viewers as well, I am back again. And I'm back at better than ever. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show. We are officially live in the 702 on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch as well, where you can like, follow, subscribe, and hit the bell button for all latest notifications on all future and past shows and watching a couple of segments as well. Boy, is it great to finally be back yet again. And it's just been such a, such a long time, and I do apologize to everybody for the long hiatus. Lots and lots of things, especially... Um, you know, different life things that have been happening all throughout the 10-year time that I've had away. But I'm so gl glad to be back and here with every single one of you guys. I have missed this a lot. And I'm definitely looking to making that stepping towards getting myself back to being consistent and also sharing all of my content with all of you guys because I know that you guys have always tuned in for as long as you guys have been with me. So thank you all for all of your support and love and, of course, your patience all throughout this time. What's going on, Steeler Nation? What's going on, Coach Dante? And, of course, everybody in Spotlight Sports Network, I give a shout-out to all of them for helping me throughout this entire process and supporting me through it in order for me to be back better than ever. What's going on, Key in the building? What's going on, Bial? I'm glad every one of you guys are here. Plus, too, we also have our merchandises, and we will showcase that here in just a moment. But 
Man, we've had a lot of things that have been happening all throughout the world of sports, NHL, and the NBA playoffs. I'm going to get to a couple of those here in a second. But I want to start off with this, which I think is really interesting. Um, so the NFL schedules have came out yesterday, and I have never been this much ecstatic about this, this new season. We have had wild twists and turns. Isn't it crazy? And I'll get to that one there in a second. Thank you so much for the update, Steeler Nation. That's insane. But at the meantime, all the schedules are out. And I love every single one of them. I think, honestly, the NFL, as you and I both know it, are so superb with the way they set up this entire schedule. From top to bottom, they have been excellent. They've aced through it. And again, it's it's entertainment. It's for the entertainment world. You could say what you want to about the NFL as a whole, but the fact that they have completely shaped up all throughout the schedules and what they've been trying to do, because they know their avenues. They know exactly what it is that draws people's attention. So looking into the entire schedules, because I'll show it to you as far as for Sunday night. So the Sunday night schedules are all confirmed from 9-11 all the way down to the 1st of January. And as far as the 8th, it's to be determined at this point. But I love every single one of these matchups from Sunday night. You had the Bucks against the Cowboys. So Tom Brady is on the road in Dallas, which is high-priced. It's a, it's a prestigious franchise. So money's going to basically pay for itself. And Jerry Jones loves talking money, doesn't he? So I think the Buccaneers and the Cowboys and seeing how Dak Prescott really matches up in his second time around against Tom Brady, how he, how he favors it. The last time that the Cowboys had an opportunity was against New England and they could not favor it out. So this gives Dak Prescott another edge. Bears and Packers, old school rivalry, one way to keep the ball rolling. Uh, Niners and Broncos will be very interesting because then that means Riss Russell Wilson, the newly acquired Bron Bronco, will be at home. What's going on, SC Experience? What's going on, Eric? Shout out to you, and especially... Um, especially Coach Dante as well. Subscribe to every single one of those guys. Subscribe to everybody here up into the chat. We appreciate it. Um, I love that because the fact that Russell Wilson is back in the NFC West again and taking on one team with Kyle Shanahan and that defense and that offense itself. I love the matchup. Kansas City and, T and Tampa Bay, a Super Bowl rematch between the two of them, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. You have Bengals, Ravens, Cowboys, Eagles, rivalries, Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, Bills, Titans, Chiefs, Chargers, Niners, um, Bengals, Steelers, Packers, uh, Eagles, Colts, Cowboys, Chiefs, Broncos, Patriots, Raiders, Buccaneers, Cardinals, and then the Rams and Chargers. That's all through it, throughout all of that. Every single one of them are division rivalries. Every one of them are either Super Bowl rematches or they are they're more of coming back to old divisions, whether NFC or AFC. Either one of those. 
Because all of this, you know what's crazy about it is that the Broncos are showcased twice in Sunday night where they have the Niners and the Chiefs in Denver a mile high. And it's perfect. It's an absolutely perfect revenue to watching Russell Wilson and his brand new team. And especially with how the entire division itself is so competitive, it's going to make millions upon millions, especially with all the viewers and the revenue that comes in. And then, of course, LA, the, L, the Battle of LA series between the Rams and Chargers, which is late in the season. That's the perfect timing. And it's beautiful being up there at SoFi Stadium. You got Matthew Stafford against Justin Herbert. So the old and the young, but both of them are fighting for the city itself. And the rest of them, as you see, you know, I, I have a bunch of games on Sunday night that I think are going to be worth watching. I definitely like watching Bears and Packers because of the old school rivalry between the two of them. And who knows how Aaron Rodgers is really going to favor out against Chicago. But we know how his record is against the Bears. So it's no surprise. You got the Chargers and the Niners, which I think is going to be very interesting because it's one of those matchups, you know, you, the Chargers and the, and the Niners from an old Super Bowl uh, matchup, but it'll be interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan really works his team against Justin Herbert. And he's going to get a taste of that by the time that they end up facing off in San Francisco. Uh, Battle of LA is definitely one worth watching. Uh, Buccaneers and Cowboys, I think that's going to be the most expensive that you would see with Tom Brady and the Cowboys. Then you have the Chiefs and Buccaneers, old Super Bowl rivalry there, and Patrick Mahomes is looking for redemption against the Bucs. But the other ones that are very interesting, myself, Cowboys-Eagles, old-school division rivalry, and now you have A.J. Brown as an Eagle. So there's a lot of rivalries up on it. I think Sunday night really hit it out of the park. Um, Monday night schedules, Broncos-Seahawks, Titans-Bills, Vikings-Eagles, Cowboys-Giants, uh, Rams-Niners, Raiders-Chiefs, Broncos at Chargers, uh, Bears at Patriots, Bengals-Browns, Ravens-Saints, Commanders and Eagles, Niners, Cardinals, Steelers, Colts, Saints, Bucks, Patriots, Cardinals, Rams, Packers, Chargers, Colts, and then there's the Bills and, and the Bengals. That completely hits it out of the park. And a lot of them that I think that are worth watching the competition for, Broncos, Chiefs, or Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Niners, Rams, um, Bengals, Browns, I think Commanders and the Eagles with Carson Wentz returning to Philadelphia again. I think it's interesting. What's going on, Max? Coverage. Definitely subscribe to him with all of your Packers content and so much more on sports. Check out Max Coverage TV. Um, and I and I truly think, I think an interesting one is the Bills and Bengals. Young quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. This one hit themselves out of the park with Monday night. And then... Thursday night football, which will be up on Amazon. Um, you have Chargers, Chiefs, Steelers, Browns, Dolphins, Bengals, Colts, uh, Broncos, Commanders, Bears, Saints, Cardinals, Ravens, Bucks, Eagles, Texans, F 
Falcons, Panthers, Titans, Packers, Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Rams, Niners and uh, Seahawks, Jags and Jets, and then there's the Cowboys and Titans. Like, this, this is unbelievable. Every single one of these schedules all throughout it, and Thanksgiving, you have Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, and then Patriots and Vikings. And by Christmas Day, it's Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, and Buccaneers, Cardinals. I think this completely hit the head. This is perfect. This is absolutely beautiful. And then all throughout the end of it for week 18, Bucks, Falcons, Vikings, Bears, Lions, Packers, Titans, Jags, uh, Panthers, Saints, um, Browns and Steelers, Chargers, Broncos, Cardinals, 49ers, Patriots, Bills, Ravens, uh, Bengals, Texans, Colts, Jets, Dolphins, Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Chiefs, Raiders, and then there's the Rams and uh, <laughs> the Seahawks. This is absolutely stacked. They did so good on it. And this, this is why in the entertainment business, when you set a schedule like this, it's talking about who all uh, around nationwide and around the world are willing to watch every single one of these games because they want the competition. They want the drama. They want the grind. They want every, like the AFC West has never been this stacked and like in a long time. Now it's the talk of it. The NFC West is also very competitive, but the AFC North, they made some changes. The Eagles and the Commanders, they've made some changes. So there's a lot of teams now, and it's re it's absolutely ridiculous, and I'm excited for it. Seriously. Like, this is awesome. I, I, I really think that the NFL really hit the head on this one, and this is exactly what you do when you're in an entertainment business, you see exactly every part of where the views are so high. It's beautiful. What's going on, Beantown Breakdown? Shout out to you. And definitely keeping thoughts and prayers with you, man. Definitely kicking cancer's ass. We are always supporting you, man. My good friend Bobby up out there. Definitely check him out at Beantown Breakdown. What's going on, Malguli? Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely stacked. I, I love it all. And I think, honestly, and I will later on in the show, um, because I have with me all of the schedules from every single one of the teams, and it's the over-unders of their win totals. So I'm going to break down every single one of them, AFC and NFC, so that that way we have an idea of just competition-wise and the strengths of the schedules. Because, honestly, I love every single one of these that it's worth watching and you're going to see a lot of different players, even those that are in their sophomore seasons, like Trevor Lawrence. He may end up, uh, he may end up being a lot better than what he was in his rookie season, even after this whole Urban Meyer mess. So Doug Peterson is really changing up this offense. Plus, you even got you know a bunch of veterans. Everyone has came to the AFC. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, you know all these all these quarterbacks. They're all in the AFC. And the NFC, at some point, they have their quarterbacks. They have some of them, like Trey Lance in San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. You have Tom Brady. You've got uh, Aaron Rodgers. But there still needs to be more out there in the, in the NFC, honestly. But still, they have spurts that they could be very competitive. 
So I love with what this schedule has done so far, and it's going to be worth watching up into the NFL. But I don't think we've ever had something this crazy and ridiculous yet amazing of a schedule set up like this ever. I think this will be the first time, and I can't wait to see what the views are going to be at the end of the year. Because that's telling you that Fox Sports, um, CBS, NBC, and Amazon you know, televisions, all these networks that are showcasing all of these games, just how ridiculous, but yet how powerful the NFL really is. It's going to show you every single part of that, and I can't wait to see what all of that is going to have in store. I really wouldn't. All right, well, I'm only shifting just slightly out of the NFL just for one quick second because the NBA, the playoffs have been really, really good, um, and there still are some teams that have been hanging on. Um, but there's one team up in particular, and I know for the fan base themselves, they're sick and tired of this. They're sick and tired of every single year. They cannot move forward deep in the playoffs not even to a potential NBA Finals um, appearance. And I know it gets frustrating, and I know it gets, you know, it it, 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 it it at times just makes you go crazy. But the Philadelphia 76ers, they got eliminated by the Miami, by the Miami Heat. But it only accounts for one thing. There's no consistency. And at the end of the day, you're talking about with what what has been going on in the last couple of months with Doc Rivers, plus not to mention the Ben Simmons drama, and then when bringing in James Harden, you had to you had to get rid of your bench to get to get one player. That's the reality of it. And Daryl Morey, because all is on the line from here on out. I like jo- I love Joel Embiid. He's the only fo- like he's the only living vessel to this organization that really sets the tone for the consistency. Everybody else is either they're on or they're off. Because when I look at this roster, James Harden, who only had nine points, and then in the end was just shrunk. But it's no it, it, it's no surprise. And the Sixers knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. But Daryl Morey trusts James Harden, James Harden and he pushed so hard for him to be back in, um, you know, to be reunited with him again. But now you have to ask yourselves, how exactly are the Sixers really going to recover after this? Because the only two that really hurt themselves, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, because there is no shooters, period, on this team. It, and the only ones that you could really see at Tobias Harris has his moments where he is either on or off. And then Tyrese Maxey, he's a future star. He's going to be one that's really going to be to build around a really offensive-centric team. But as far as for everybody else, because date back to when Philadelphia, at a time past the Iverson era, where all they were was they were just a developmental rebuilding team. They had Jaleel Okafor, which that did not work out. They drafted Joel Embiid. He gets hurt. The second he comes back, he's an absolute home run hit. 
But then by the time it trended to Markel Fultz, to Ben Simmons, to a bunch of other players, things have not gone consistent. Where Ben Simmons now, I honestly think that that kid needs to stop playing basketball because I cannot figure out his mental state. The fact that his back hurts for whatever reason and whatever types of activities that he got himself into or some mental strain that causes him, you know, to tweak out his back, whatever the case is. I mean, Stephen, I mean, Stephen A. Smith spoke it better, but the Sixers need consistency. The fact of the matter is, is I like, I like Doc, Doc Rivers. I like him right now at the tail end of his career, things have changed. And and of course, there are rumor reports where even the Lakers, after firing Frank Vogel, that they're interested in Doc Rivers. I personally would rather have Doc Rivers retire rather than take the Laker job. Because if you remember how Doc Rivers was in Boston, Boston was such a hard team. You had Paul Pierce, and they upgraded and got Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. They had Rajon Rondo, who was young. They had Glenn Davis. They had several players that really worked to getting them a championship. I don't care about, you know, this was a super team or whatnot. I don't care about that. The way that they gelled and the way they got, they, they produced together. And the fact that Doc Rivers had every, he had every card in his hand to use for him to precisely strike. That's what was different. That's what was unique about that Celtics team. Since then, Changed around, went to the Clippers, went to a bunch of different teams until all of a sudden now he lands with Philadelphia. And this is the interesting part because not to kick Ty Lue, but even Doc Rivers handling with the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George never seemed like it was a terrible team because in the end, they just did not have every single one of the pieces. They didn't even have a leader. Nobody was talking. That's the only thing that was happening with the Clippers all throughout that time before taking the Philadelphia job. And here you are where, as I've said before, Philadelphia needed massive surgery to fix the inconsistencies they've been dealing with for the last few years and get themselves to where they are a much more efficient shooting team. They have plenty of bigs where they can get rebounds, get stops, and then have if. <clears throat> even have like athletic guys that are there to pick up steals. They're able to get control of the ball and they shoot and they give you minutes. So after seeing them eliminated and Miami is a tough team, they are, but there are some certain questions as far as how the chemistry really gels. But again, that's left to be said deeper in the playoffs and the Sixers. What's interesting about this because you go back to the times when they had the trades, the Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald trade proposal. I think it would have been better off with it because the, the, the matters of it is that when you look at a lot of championship teams, it is dealt by two people, not just by one. Okay. Get the superstar thought out of your head because yes, every team I know, has one impactful superstar player. But to really win a championship, you have got to have the right piece that complements him and 
all the rest of, you know, all the assets that, that see the same vision. Because like running a company in itself, you can't be the owner and the worker at the same time. It's not possible because in the end, you wear yourself out. So you got to have complementary pieces in order for the company to really build and work. That's what it's all about. And so for the Sixers, they have to literally sit down, focus in on all of this because there are no draft picks. There's no draft picks. They can't even get any more younger guys. So now they have to look at what free agency that they got, hopefully some underrated shooters, but they got to get rid of some of the, like at least some of, not all the bigs, but some of them. You may acquire maybe one or two, but that's it. You got to have ones that are willing to complement with Joel Embiid and those that are really willing to build upon the shooting percentage because this is what this league has really turned into. Have you watched Golden State? Have you watched Phoenix? Have you watched, you know, a lot of these other teams? They got shooters. And on top of all that, they have impactful players. All of it. So I'm not saying that, you know, Doc Rivers is the perfect coach. Coaches make mistakes all the time. But the last thing you want to do is fire a coach. Then you got to end because the, 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 the rumors about trying to get Mike D'Antoni, what are you trying to go backwards? This is not this is not what the Sixers are. This is not what they should be. So if you really want to make this case in point, because I think James Harden's going to be staying in Philadelphia, but in the end, you've got to find shooters that are willing to compliment because in case if something happens with Harden in the playoffs, you have got to have those guys. Otherwise, it's it's possibilities of championship thrown out the window. That's what it is for Philadelphia. And Philadelphia has long awaited throughout the whole time. It, 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 and all it was was just getting rid of the Ben Simmons drama. Now, you really got to clean up what mess was made all throughout the playoffs. In, and you see it, and now you're ready and prepared. That's what it comes down to. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff. I'm so happy to be back. Shout out to Spotlight Raiders Talk. I'm so glad that um, I'm back. Uh, like I, I'm glad to be back up and talking with sports again. I missed this for quite some time, but um, God, there's a lot really to talk about all throughout it. And I'll be talking more about the NFL uh, coming up next. Uh, you know, there there are all uh, there, there's a couple of these matchups in the NFL that I really think is going to be very interesting. There's a few that really point out to me, but. There are going to be some teams. There are going to be some teams that are going to have some impacts, not major ones, but they're going to have ones that may have you catching your eye. I'll explain exactly who those teams are coming up next. And at the bottom half of it, I will definitely have my wins totals from over-unders, and I'll give you exactly my reasons why. All righty, folks. Well, I've definitely been playing this app now for quite some time. I love it. I enjoy it. It gets me closer into sports, but it also gets me a little bit closer into the betting side of things. You guys love sports. You guys love betting, but you also love the fun entertainment side of things and getting back to what we love to do. And that's hanging out and uniting with each other and having great times. This is 
what's more than an app, and it's called Super Draft Pro. Super Draft Pro is a proud sponsor of Caesars Entertainment, and they have lots and lots of different listings, all the way from football, baseball, um, hockey, and basketball as well, even during playoffs time. It's the hottest time time around where all the playoffs, every single one of the bet lines, and now they also um, introduced some over-under bets as well, prop bets. Prop bets where you can definitely bet on each player, no matter the performance, and they give you all these predictions and so much more. So there are daily contests that you guys can definitely um, check out and sign yourselves up as well. When you do, definitely uh, subscribe to the link or uh, sign up on the link below and let them know that Jake the Snake had sent you. And that is your one golden ticket to winning more, playing like a pro, drafting like a pro, earning win, earning money like a pro, and sharing like a pro with Super Draft Pro. I love the app, and you guys will too. That's superdraftpro.com, superdraftpro.com. Bitch, I'm a bull. Bitch, I'm a bull. I'm in no bull. I'm in no bull. What's in my cup? What's in my cup? All of that punch. Look at that punch. Bitch, I'm a bull. Ballin' like Kobe. Ho, keep it moving, cause you do not know me. Bitch, I'm a bull. Ballin' like Kobe. Ho, keep it moving, cause you do not know me. Bitch, I'm a bull. I ain't talking, man, walkin'. Tell my dog sick of me. I ain't do no barking. Pass me some greens, you know I'ma spark it. Mama got ass, told her to arch it. Pull up at the spot, hop out and don't park it. Be no say, I always keep one in the cartridge. Enjoy your paper so we can.
If you guys haven't done so already, and of course we showcased it here earlier, Jake the Snake back here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. We've got lots and lots of merchandises here for you guys, hot off the presses. Um, definitely check it out here at SpotlightSportsGear.com uh, and get your fixes in on hats, hoodies, t-shirts, and so much more. Plus, we've also got different accessories to get you set up all throughout the summertime because these smoking hot deals will not last long. So definitely. Definitely check out SpotlightSportsGear.com today and definitely order up all of your merchandise fixes. So um, so going back to a lot of these, you know, these games, because I seriously, when I looked at a lot of these teams, you already know which ones that I've seen all throughout the draft and all throughout um, free agency that I really, really like. Um, so just earlier... Um, the Raiders ended up shipping uh, wide receiver Brian Edwards to the Atlanta Falcons for a draft pick. And just right now, the New Orleans Saints ended up signing five-time pro bowler Jarvis Landry to a contract. This is telling you at least one thing that they are desperately trying to make everything work. For New Orleans, it'll be interesting because they know what, what their division is filled with. All you have is Tom Brady you have a rebuilding Carolina Panthers team, and you also got a potential rebuilding Atlanta Falcons team. This is an opportunity for New Orleans to really step themselves up. 
So I think it's really interesting how all of this really has gone about. But New Orleans, as I've said before, when they drafted Chris Olave, I felt like this was setting the prime example of now what does Michael Thomas do? Because in the end, they got a young wide receiver. They got a another veteran wide receiver in Jarvis Landry. And they've also got Marquez Callaway. And their quarterback is Jameis Winston. So, and as far as the coaching hire, I don't think it's a bad idea because of the fact that he's been within the organization and has been around Sean Payton. So I feel like the Saints, they could be in good hands. But we all know how Jameis Winston has been in the last few years. He had some spurts before he ended up going down with an injury. But I think the Saints, they're going to put their money's up worth. They're, like, they're going to put their money's worth against Tampa Bay. Like, that is the one thing when you look at certain division rivals and you look at within that division because it was so lopsided for Tampa Bay until after this signing. Until afterward, I feel like New Orleans does have a shot, but it only depends what am I going to get with, with this new head coach? Is he going to really develop and shape up exactly what Jameis Winston needs to be as a quarterback rather than make more mistakes and he's out of a job. And then you utilize a lot of Taysom Hill. So they've got a wide receiver room. As far as tight ends go, it's questionable. And then who knows what they've got in their run game without Alvin Kamara. Those are the only things. And they have a defense. So I love Cam Jordan. I love Mark uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I think New Orleans really would be one team. I've put them up here from, from here on out that I think will be an interesting team that would be much better than what last year gave them. Uh, the other team that I think could really step themselves up, um, the Jaguars. I think Jacksonville with Doug Peterson, and look at some of the additions they made. You're getting Travis Etienne back after losing a rookie season. He'll be a lot better. I've said this before that his player comp is definitely Alvin Kamara. You watch his workouts and you watch how he played in Clemson. They're going to have a really solid run game with him and James Robinson. And of course, they did overpay for, uh, for Christian Kirk. But on top of it, they have a solid wide receiver room. So they've got options. Then you have um, you have a decent tight end. And the defense is a little bit better. But also to the offensive line has really worked themselves. They got Brandon Scherf. They've got a couple of other really good options up front. So all of this with Doug Peterson is ensuring to you that the Jaguars are not going to be that type of easy team that people are going to walk around. It's not. So I think the Jags are going to get your money's worth in the South. But will they be an elite team? No. But they are going to be better than what they finished up last year. Uh, I'm interested to see what the Lions do. I thought last year they had some fight in them. They lost those games because they had a grip on it and they lost it. But they got some fight in them. When you watched a couple games like against the Packers, you watched some games um, late in the season, I thought they had some fight in them. Now, who knows? This may be a Dan Campbell effect. But what I'm getting with Jared Goff right now is I'm getting Jamison Williams. I'm getting DJ Chark. 
I'm getting a bunch of other real good wide receivers. So now I have a wide receiver room and TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. I've got an offense. And I've also got a pretty solid offensive line because Panay Sewell was definitely a hit. So uh, Detroit may not be for very, very long, depending on how Jared Goff really manages the game. That's what it comes down to is how far is their quarterback? That's always a question for a lot of teams. How far can their quarterback take them? Because Jared Goff, we've seen what he was last year. He did not have a whole lot of options outside of Swift and Hawkinson. So now he's got a pretty solid receiving room. Now it could be, now it, again, it could be, it could be Fuscold, but maybe it could be a lot better. So, and then those pressurizing games, you mu- you better hope that Dan Campbell learned a thing or two between them. What's going on case by case? Shout out to Jeremy Case up over here as he returns back to the Spotlight Sports Network. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Definitely like and subscribe to his channel for all of your Denver Broncos, Denver Nuggets, and of course, Colorado Avalanche and Seattle Kraken and San Francisco Giants content at Case by Case Sports Show. Um, yeah, so I, I, I like it. I, I think those are the couple of teams. The Jets, they now have a fighting chance for Zach Wilson. It's a much better receiving core. They've got a pretty solid tight end. And even I like Michael Carter as their running back. But And a better offensive line for the Jets. I'm not saying they're going to be much better in the East because let's be honest, the Bills are literally going to stomp on everybody in sight. You got Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Questionable, but yet can still beat you. And then there's Miami. They got Tyreek Hill and they got Tua. They got... They have a bunch of options and they have a brand new offensive minded head coach. So it's interesting to see how this runs for the East, but maybe just maybe this is a stepping stone to giving Zach Wilson a fighting chance. And I like Robert Sala. I love what he did in San Francisco. So the jets, the Jags, the lions and the saints. Those are four teams that you could automatically say that's well-improved. That's well improved, and we'll see exactly where that that leads from there. Because, good Lord, this this entire NFL has just been stacked to the nine. I'm telling you, every one of these teams from free agency to the draft has led up to this point, and now with the schedule releases, it'll. I'm telling you, it's going to be it's going to be great breaking down all these teams. It really, really is. Um, coming up next here as that'll be our best for last here on this show. As we wrap it up, I will be giving my wins totals. Um, it'll be over unders and I will tell you exactly which teams will be over and which ones will be under in the AFC and the NFC. Well, guys, as we've said before, all of our merchandise is here on the spotlight sports where you can get amazing, um, you get amazing deals on all different types of merchandises from all of your favorite shows, from all of your favorite hosts on the network, and of course, repping the network as a whole. When you guys do get your merchandises, submit all of your pictures all through our social medias, and we will shout you out as well and say thank you for your love and support of the network and all of the shows on the network. That's the spotlightsportsgear.com. Shop up your merchandises and start repping today. 
Alrighty, folks. Well, first and foremost, I am so happy that every one of you guys have came by here today. It's so good to be back. And man, I cannot wait to wrap all of this up and do it, do this all once again. I'm so happy to be back here right behind the mic and right behind the camera as well. And seeing every single one of you guys as well. I appreciate and love every one of your guys' support uh, throughout this entire um, time away, but man, it's great. It is great to be back. So, uh, my best for last, of course, as I've said before, now we finally have a, um, we got all the win loss totals of all the teams and it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to see. So I'm excited to break all of this down with you guys. Cause I think we know exactly what we're seeing with a bunch of teams. I think we have an op like we know exactly what's happening with all these teams and how like every single one of their performances are going to be. It's stacked. So I'm going to definitely share it with you guys and break it all down with you. So here we go. We've got our win-loss totals. And I'll definitely share this all with you guys. So we'll start with the AFC East. So Buffalo is 11 and a half. I think that sounds just about, but I'm going to go on the over with the 11 and a half. Seeing the bills and how they've really stacked up this year, it, it, it's ridiculous. I think honestly, the bills have all the pieces, including getting Von Miller. And they've also added in a couple really good draft picks. I think the bills will definitely win the division in the East and they'll win the over as far as their win total goes um, for new England. I think this is going to be pretty, pretty hard to predict, but I have new England um, in the under at eight and a half. I think they go slightly. I think they either are a seven win or a six win team, but it's hard to say because you know how I feel about new England. They have so many different opportunities of winning games but they're winning them at certain times. And there's different strategies that Bill Belichick really does utilize. So I'm going to go with the under for New England. It could be slightly for about seven, but that's where I stand with them. Miami is eight and a half. I'm going to say this is a slight upside. I'm going to go a little over with the Miami Dolphins. I say they do get to nine. Um, the Dolphins, as, as much as we get concerned about... Um, As much like as much as we see it, um, the like the Dolphins they get Tyreek Hill. They gave up five draft picks to get him, but they do have Jalen Waddle. They do have Mike Gesicki, and they do have a run game. So and they have a decent protection. So 
Mike McDaniel, the new head coach, offensive-minded, is going to give Miami a shot. It's going to give them a shot to really be more competitive. Hopefully, we'll see with um, with Tua, if this is the case, this may be much better for Miami, and it could give them a fighting chance. So I give them a slight over, and I think they might actually be a nine-win team. So I like it. I like that. Um, the Jets at five and a half, finally, I think that's an over. That's an easy over. The Jets really fixed up a lot of things in free agency and in the draft. And now I will not say that they're a playoff team, but they are better than what they were. I think they could be a seven-win team. They'll, if you look at their roster top to bottom, Corey Davis and Michael Carter, they've also added up a few. They've also got Garrett Wilson. They got a pass rusher, and they've also got themselves a really, really, really good offensive lineman. So this is really good. This is really good for the Jets. I think this is much better shaping for Robert Sala to really work with. So I like that fact with um, with the Jets. So I've got Buffalo winning the division of the over, Miami and the Jets on the over, and New England is the only one at the under. So... um. And I haven't shaped them to exactly where they sit at, but I know Buffalo's going to win that division in the East. So Buffalo, Miami, Jets in the over, and then New England in the under. I think they're going to be about a seven or a six-win team. Oh, uh, Let's go to the AFC North. So Cincinnati, they're nine and a half. I'm going to say over. They're about a 10-win team. Um, we know they finished up with a few breaks. They had, you know, Pittsburgh that was not playing well. They had... They literally beat Kansas City in the playoffs. And they the problem with the North, because Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they both kind of they both kind of sh- shut down. Because Lamar Jackson got hurt at the end of the season. And Pittsburgh, they just were not quite figuring a whole lot of things out. They still managed to make the playoffs, but it was not the same team as older as Big Ben got. Now it's different. Um, but I do think they are a 10-win, possibly 11-win team. They got a much better offensive line. They're going to run back this offense. They have a new, like, they're going to they're gonna have some, a new tight end, but it'll be interesting to see how Joe Burrow really carries with this. But my concern is a little bit on that defense, but hopefully some things do shape up. Pittsburgh, definitely over. Okay, I'm not joking. That could be a team that could be a 9-10 win. Because say what you want to about Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. I don't care. Have you seen how this offense is shaped? Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, and Najee Harris and a decent offensive line. Like either one of these quarterbacks, and I really am feeling that Kenny Pickett will be a lot better than people think. I don't care about his small hands. Okay, let's stop talking about the small hands. I think Pittsburgh will be better. They have a better defense now. Um, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his career as a head coach. So Pittsburgh definitely, you know, they they they've upgraded some pieces. It could be it's a decent, but yet not great um offensive line, but they can work through this. I think they'll be better. Um, Cleveland, it's hard for me to say. I think they might stay. 
put, if not at the under. So I'm going to say slight under. They might be an eight-win team. The only reason is, unless, unless something doesn't really happen with Deshaun Watson, then the Browns, I would definitely say the over. But as of for right now, because of the way everything is, now they do have Amari Cooper and they do have Donovan Peoples-Jones. They lost Jarvis Landry. They lost OBJ, but yet OBJ's willing to come back to Cleveland if something doesn't quite pan, like if it doesn't happen with uh, with Deshaun Watson, it could be better. It really could be better. So I'm going to keep them exactly at that at nine because I still think they are a nine-win team. Um, or they could possibly, you know, be an eight. So I'll take them right there at the nine. Uh, Baltimore, nine and a half. Um, I'm going to take a slight under. Because without Marquise Brown, you're now opening up for Rashad Bateman to be your number one wide receiver. You're very much, you know, Mark Andrews reliant. And Lamar Jackson is coming back from an injury. The problem with them is, is that they had zero speed outside of Jackson. That's it. Because every one of the running backs were all hurt. And... They could not end up, you know, keeping up with that consistency. So that's what really shut them down. So I think Baltimore will be slightly better, but they because it, it's going to come down to the point of who the the real teams are closer to the playoffs. So I've got Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in the over. I've got Cleveland exactly where they are, and then I got Baltimore in the under. And I think, honestly, Cincinnati wins the division again. Because Pittsburgh, it's too tough to say, but I honestly think that... Um, I honestly do think that it'll be better for... Like, it, it, it's going to be better for Baltimore, but we have to see exactly how all of that pans out. So, overs on Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, staying right there at 9.5 with Cleveland and then under on Baltimore. Um, let's go to the AFC South Titans. You've got nine and a half. I honestly think that they're going to stay right there. Nine and a half. No AJ Brown. They traded him away. You drafted Malik Willis and you also drafted Traylon Burks. So that leaves me to believe outside of AJ Brown. Is there really a trustworthy wide receiver up out there? Except for, for Traylon Burks. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, Tennessee, they're really going to pan out. It's not the same offense. I know that they're ran by Derrick Henry, but you got to have at least some type of passing game. And I know with how people have felt with Ryan Tannehill with those three picks in the playoffs and getting Malik Willis, it is going to be a change, but who knows what Mike Vrabel's got in his back pocket. But I think nine and a half sounds about right. Uh, Indianapolis, nine and a half. Um, I'm going to take the slight under. I think they're an eight-win team. I like Matt Ryan, and I do like his veteran presence. But the Colts, who's a trustworthy wide receiver outside of Michael Pittman? This is the reason why, as I've said, it doesn't matter if you've got Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz as your quarterback. They still manage to make things happen. But once you got upset by Jacksonville at the worst time of the season, it's bad. It was absolutely bad. So I think the Colts, 
They could be a, a, a nine, if not an eight win team. So I'm going slightly under with them. But if they can make things right with a wide receiver room, I just feel like they still need to get wide receiver depth. That's my only concern. Michael Pittman can't do it all by himself. He really can't. So I think the Colts will be in the under. Uh, Houston could have a slight upside. I'm I'm going to take them in the over, and I think they're going to be a five-win team. And then Jacksonville, I'm definitely taking them um, over. They can be a seven-win team at best, and it's interesting to see how Doug Peterson works with uh, with Trevor Lawrence. But I think Trevor Lawrence is going to bounce back in his sophomore season. He'll definitely be the quarterback prospect we've all been waiting to see. And with brand new toys and with a little bit of a reshaped offense and defense, I think Jacksonville might be interesting to see all throughout this season. So I think in the South, I honestly do believe that it's going to be close between the Colts and the Titans. But I think honestly, if something were to happen with the Titans somewhere down the stretch, that's going to be bad news. I'll have the Tennessee Titans win the division, but I'm taking them at the slight under. Um, Indianapolis is exactly where they are at nine. Um, Houston, slight upside. And Jacksonville, I'm taking in the overs. So I've got Houston, Jacksonville in the overs. Indianapolis right where they are. And Tennessee probably at the under. And Tennessee would win the division. Um, let's go to the AFC West, the stacked division as it is. Kansas City, 10 and a half. I'm going to probably go with um, the under on Kansas City with this one because they lost Tyron Matthew. They lost Tyreek Hill. So, and they've all, they do have a few options with Juju Smith-Schuster and Nicole Hardman. And they've also got Travis Kelsey still. And I like, I still love the fact that they've got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but as far as 10 and a half, it's kind of pushing it. It really is kind of pushing it. I do see them being at least a, maybe a nine-win team, but Kansas City, it's not the same defense. That defense in itself, I like that they got Trent McDuffie, but they still have a few other options. So they picked up that one kid, Reed, from San Francisco, but without a safety in Tyron Matthew, that's going to be hard. That's going to be very hard for them to really figure that out. So Kansas City, I think, is going to be on a slight under. Um, the Raiders, they're at eight and a half. I'm going to give them, I think they might be right where they are, but I'll give them a slight over. And I think they could be an eight, nine win team. The fact that they stole away uh, Devontae Adams and Der like Derek Carr's got an extension. The only thing that questions me is how they're going to really shape up that backfield of the safeties. So, because that's why they got Trayvon Merrick. That's why they got at least a couple different corners. I hopefully, hopefully they really do fill in that void, but they do. I do love their front line with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, real good pressures up front. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, Colton Miller's an absolute pro bowler and hopefully Alex Leatherwood really gets better. Because I do see the, the potential in this offense. I really do. It's a much better receiving room. I, re I think that this, this really does help with Derek Carr. And he's got a mature coach now with um, 
with Josh McDaniels, it's a second chance of redemption. I think it'll be better for him in the end. Um, the Chargers, 10-win team, I'm going on the over. I think this team has really set all of the pieces together for them to make a run. Because Justin Herbert is on the last of his rookie contract. They reshaped the entire defense. The offense is still lethal. And they also added in Gerald Everett. So there has been a bunch of upgrades, and it's mostly been defense. They ended up getting a big draft pick with Zion Johnson in that offensive line to protect Justin Herbert, but open the floodgates for Austin Eckler and for Isaiah Spiller. So I think the Chargers, I'm taking them on the over. And as far as for Denver goes, they're at 10 wins. I think that's just about, but I might take them at a slight under at nine. Because this, like, this division is so stacked that in-division rivalry games is going to be so exciting to watch. And yet for the Raiders to be eight and a half, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I, I, I am taking the Chargers and the Raiders and in the over. I'm going to take Kansas City and Denver in the under. And I do think there's going to be a change in the division. I think the Chargers win the division. Not joking. Because I like Kansas City. And how Andy Reid has really shaped up this, this team. But this is different. This is a slightly different division. And, and the competition is there. So I like it. I like exactly every, every single one of these picks. So I got Buffalo, Cincinnati, Tennessee, and the Chargers winning divisions. And I've got Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets in the over, New England under. Cincinnati in the over, Pittsburgh in the over, Cleveland just about at nine, and then Baltimore in the under, Tennessee in the under. Um, the Colts, I think, are right exactly where they are in Houston and Jacksonville in the over, Chargers and Raiders in the over, and then Kansas City and Denver in the under. Those are the, the two that I know for a fact that because even after with the Jerry Judy thing, um, we're waiting to hear news upon that because if it all clears out, they could be a 10-win team. Denver could definitely be a 10-team win. All right, uh, let's go to the NFC. you got the East with Dallas at 10.5. I'm taking them in the under. Like, no hesitation. Dallas lost a lot. Dallas lost Leo Collins. They lost uh, Cedric Wilson. They lost Amari Cooper. And you're trusting that C.D. Lamb. And um, what's going on, C.G. Ruthless? What's going on? Um, you're trusting CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, who Michael Gallup came off of a humongous injury that you give him a big contract. I'm not sure what the what the deal is. And yet you got Tony Pollard. As I've said, I'd rather him be an everyday back rather than Ezekiel Elliott. But the Cowboys, they changed up a lot of their offense and they needed to up to, to address their offensive line. Big time because it's not going to last for very long with Dak Prescott. So if you don't at least take care of those pieces, Dallas is going to crumble. And I already see them at the under. I think that's a, that's an eight win team. That's about a seven, eight win team. In my opinion, uh, Philadelphia eight and a half. I got them at the over. I think that is for sure. A 10 win team. AJ Brown. Um, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, 
Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts, and you got Miles Sanders and a bunch of other pieces. I think this is much better for what Philadelphia has done. And Howie Roseman needs to give himself a round of applause. Because the fact that he's fixed up all this stuff with a three-year extension just tells you he's there for a long time. So Howie Roseman really made his his team work. That's a 10-win team. Washington, I'm taking in the over. That's about an 8-9 win. Seriously. Uh, That's a 9-win team. Because looking at Washington, everybody's not sold on Carson Wentz. I am. I know for a fact what you're getting. 27 touchdowns, 7 picks last year with the Colts. And he's got Cam Sims. He's got Terry McLaurin. And he's also got Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick. And he's got a decent tight end. Uh, and they and he's got a defense that really works. So the commanders, it's going to be interesting. So I like to see what they what they sit at. And then the Giants at seven, I might take them. Um, I think they're just about that seven or a six win team. So I've got Dallas definitely at the under. Philadelphia winning the division at ten. Um, so I got Philadelphia, Washington in the over, Dallas in the under, and the Giants are exactly where they are. Um, but Philadelphia wins the division. So let's go to the North. This is interesting. Green Bay. I'm taking the under. No hesitation for the Packers. Honestly, Aaron Rodgers has no other weapons other than Amari Rodgers and Sammy Watkins. That's it. What do you really have to say about it? Because in the end, Green Bay, they have beefed up their defenses because they know if... Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his set number one. It's not going to be the same. And they go and get themselves Christian Watson from North Dakota State that they have to now shape him up to be a, like a potential number one. That's pressurizing. Amari Rodgers, we haven't even seen him so much with the ball. And you got Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. I don't know about that. I don't know how that is really going to shape up for Green Bay. So I got them at the under. I think they're a nine-win team. Minnesota, I'm going to take the over. I think they're just about nine, if not ten wins. Um, I know what people feel like with Kirk Cousins, but I love their offensive components. And with how this team shapes in their division, they got an edge. I think they've honestly got an edge. Green Bay took a hit with losing Devontae Adams. It'll be much better for them. So I think they're a slight nine-win team. Um, Chicago, I think they're... I'm going to take the under. I think they're about a six or a five-win team. They're rebuilding right now. It's clear. And then as far as for Detroit goes, they might be a six or a seven-win team. But they cannot... They cannot lose those games no matter how hard they fight. So... I've got Minnesota winning the North. I've got them in the over. I got Detroit in the over. And then I've got Chicago Green Bay on the under. So I think, because again, this is going to make Aaron Rodgers bitter, but he chose the money rather than he chose having a better team around him. That's the difference between him and Tom Brady. So, and Green Bay is really going to show that for him. So let's go to the South. Tampa Bay, I definitely see them at 11 if not uh, 12 wins. I'm going to take the over. I think Tampa Bay is really running everything back. They got, every, they, got Tampa, they got Tom Brady back in there. 
I've all yeah, I seriously do. I seriously do. Charles, you gotta be you gotta be smoking something weird because did do you see exactly like all the stuff that we see right now with the Packers? They lose their number one wide receiver. You don't they lose Marquez Marquez Valdez Scantling. So you don't know if Amari Rogers is a hit. You don't know if Christian Watson is a hit. So I don't know. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to literally be alone on an island. I, I and I do like with what their defense has with Ray, with Rashawn Gary, but I don't know. I just don't trust the Packers right now with the fact that they lose their number one. If if Devontae Adams didn't leave, if he didn't end up going to the Raiders, I would have said they're winning the division. But I think Minnesota is really winning that division. Um, yeah, Tampa in the over. And I got them winning the division, no doubt. New Orleans, they're I'm definitely taking them um, in the over. I think they're a seven eight win team after they just signed Jarvis Landry. That now gives Jameis Winston a fighting chance, and he's got Michael Thomas, who you know is on the brink, and they got Chris Olave. So I think New Orleans is going to be very interesting to watch. Atlanta, I'll take them. I'll take them a slight over with a six, like at least with six, and then I leave Carolina where they are. So I got Tampa, who is the division leader. I've got them in the over. I got New Orleans and Atlanta in the over, and I've got Carolina right where they are at six. So let's finally go to the NFC West. Um, Rams at 11 and a half. I got them in the over. I do think Matthew Stafford, with having yet another piece with Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, I mean, the team's expendable. The team's got a lot of really, really good potential with their offense and defense. Um, and Sean McVay, he knows how to work with everybody. This is why they don't even draft a whole lot of picks. They get a few depth players, but the rest of them are all just contracted players that are veterans, and they know exactly what to do. Um, Arizona, I'm going the over. I seriously think that the Cardinals are going to be either a 10, possibly an 11-win team, because of just how they ended up getting Hollywood Brown, they're going to extend Kyler Murray, okay? Don't fool yourselves. He's not going to end up going anywhere. But the team itself really has to work a little bit more on their edge rush because Chandler Jones being gone, and you don't know if these... Like, again, I like Buda Baker, but, oh, hell no. I'm telling you, like, Minnesota, this is Minnesota's chances. <laughs> Really? I I seriously think that they do win it. They figured like they figured themselves out. It's a building process, but I do think that the Cardinals really have figured themselves out. I think they're at least a 10-win team. At least. So I got them at the over. San Francisco. Um, I'm gonna take the under on them, slight under. I think they're a nine-win team because what risk are you taking? Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? Which ones? That's really all you got to look at. I think either one of them could really quarterback this team, but, you know, they got an offense. The You know, the Debo Samuel thing, be interesting. I'm going to take a slight under with them. I think they're nine win because of how hard that this this division is. And then Seattle, definitely under. I, I, I'm surprised they even got a six, but I think they're about a four-win team. Because I don't trust Drew Locke with a passion at all. 
I think the Rams win the division at 11. So I'm going to take the Rams, Cardinals, in the over, San Francisco slight under, and then you got Seattle definitely in the under. So my division winners all throughout the NFC is Philadelphia, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and the Rams. So those are my division winners. Dallas under, Philadelphia, Washington in the over, and then the Giants, they're either right where they're at or they are at the under. Um, Green Bay under, Minnesota over, uh, Detroit over, and then Chicago is just about the under. And then there's Tampa, who I took at the over, New Orleans in the over, Falcons at the over, and then Carolina right there under. And then finally, the Rams, Cardinals over, San Francisco and Seattle in the under. So there you have it, guys. That that's honestly my honest picks. Like again, I, I look at this, I look at this AFC and just look at it one more time. When I look at this, the AFC and NFC, you can't tell me that these teams like Buffalo, Cincinnati, Tennessee, and the Chargers could not possibly win the division. They can. I think they really got exactly the teams to the they got exactly the pieces to match it up. The NFC is a little different. Philadelphia got better. Minnesota. They still have at least a bunch of their pieces, but they're getting better. I think they win that division. The the Packers just took the they just took a hit. It, I, I just think they took a hit. Tampa Bay winning the division and the Rams winning the division. So Ram, uh, so Bills, Bengals, Titans, Chargers, Eagles, Vikings, Buccaneers, and Rams winning the division. That's it. That's all I got for you. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's case closed. So <laughs> uh it was a lot of fun. But again, it's it's such a stacked NFL season that anything can happen at this point. But there have you noticed that there's a lot of overs and unders? Because I just look at all these potential matchups. The Jets are in I had the Jets in the over, I had this the Lions of all teams in the over. And then I also have um, Jacksonville the over, so it's interesting. <clears throat> um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what goes on from there. But all righty, guys, that's gonna do of me for me here at the Snake Sports Talk Show. Jake the Snake signing off. I appreciate every single one of you guys. So good to be back, and I can't wait to see you guys next time on the next edition of the Snake Sports Talk Show. Live from Las Vegas, the Snake Sports Talk Show with Jake Silva starts right now.